0: The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagon Halls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can! With Heather Wagon Hall's and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio.
1: You are listening to the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and this segment is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at keystoriches.com forward slash free book, and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome, everyone. I am your purveyor of prosperity, the wagon halls. I am flanked today by the ever-popular maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, Hey, 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 and we are going To help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. First off, it's what key?
0: It is key 11, forget the perfection principle.
1: Yes, you are a winner. So, in our 11th key, we are going to learn how to focus on the progress of the process and not the perfection of said process, because that's where we get into trouble. We also have a really great moolah word of the day. We have money dramas that we're going to talk about, um, because... uh, The downward spiral, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, it's the not pulling the shovel down. Once we get into trouble, we just keep on digging, and we're going to talk about that in relation to this week's Key Plus. If you have a moment, tune in to our sister show at unlockyourwealthradio.com, because we have a really great interview from the Seven Principles author, uh, David Scranton, on this week's show, so... On Friday, tune into that, and you can take a listen and learn a little bit about the world of investing. Let's get started with our moolah word of the day, shall we? Sounds great. Okay. So, our moolah word of the day is a frizz. It would be cost of capital.
0: Oh.
1: So, opportunity cost. Do we remember opportunity cost from economics?
0: Uh, I, I didn't do very well in
1: economics. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, otherwise you probably wouldn't be the maestro of (laughs) moolah. Well, let's talk about the cost of capital. So the opportunity cost of an investment, that is the rate of return that a company would otherwise be able to earn at the same risk level as the investment that has been selected. So when we think about opportunity cost, so opportunity cost is, what do I have to give up in order to get this? So if you're comparing two things, let's say, for example, and they both cost $10, but one has greater value, the opportunity cost is is the alternative, the next best alternative that you forsook for the one that you did take. So, for example, when an investor purchases stock in a company, he or she expects to see a return on that investment. Since the individual expects to get back more than his or her initial investment, the cost of capital is equal to this return that the investor receives or the money that the company misses out on by selling its stock. So... Here's it if that's not making sense. Here's a couple examples. Yeah. The old man finally cashed in his stocks after nearly thirty years making a profit and full return of his cost of capital.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. Okay. Yep. So to to do the math, let's say it costs you a hundred bucks to buy into something. Yep. All right. So your investment return is whatever it is. 8%, 10%, 12%, who knows? It is what it is, yeah. all right? So, uh, so on. let's just say on uh, $100 on 10%, it's $10, okay? Yeah. So, that's your, that's, your return, that's your return or your profit, if you will. Now, how long is it going to have to take at 10% interest? How long are you going to have to stay investable to get a full refund of your cost of capital?
0: Well, my initial response would have been 10 years, but that's not right because you have a return based on a new number every year.
1: Assuming that your investments are reinvested.
0: Right. I see what you're saying, yeah.
1: So assuming that you take the cash off the table every year. Right and you don't reinvest that 10%, it's going to take you 10 years. Yeah. We're going to do simple math okay. here. We're not doing complex yeah. internal rates of return or anything like that. <laughs> which, is, which is when I fall off the wagon. You know, you're like, eek, stuff. you're so like, I, I have no idea. No, but I mean, what, what you need to know is simple stuff. You know, that's what's so funny, or I shouldn't say funny, ha but like funny, interesting when, when they talk about, um, uh, in real estate, when they talk about investing, and they always talk about cap rate. And they assess um, uh, an investment by cap rate, but that's a wrong way to do it. And cap rate has to do with the value of the building in relation to the income it generates. And while that's a valuable tool to know, because, because the higher it is, there's other factors that you have to consider. If it's too high, you know, what does that mean? you know, well, why is this profit on this so high in relation to its value? Um, and and it could be a, t- a temporary thing, like a market condition. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's scarcity in the marketplace, and there's not enough floor space. And so, the rental rates are going for a premium, so it may not last, you know. So, so that's kind of a good thing because, you know, it would be an artificially high rate of return, and you would need an, a more average rate of return for that. Um, so, so it has its place. But when you look at it as an investment, you don't, especially, you know, and we already did this uh, key in Remember Real Estate, so I won't belabor the point too much. But when we're looking at uh, a rate of return, you know, if the building is a million bucks, all right, and it makes $100,000 a year, what is our cap rate?
0: 10%.
1: There you go. Okay. I'm making the math easy for you so you can follow along. All right. So you've got a 10% cap rate. But unless you paid cash for that building, that cap rate is not your investment return.
0: Gotcha. I see that. The bank owns some of that return, right?
1: Well, no. No. The, nobody nobody is owed part of the return, but that's just the that's just a ratio that tells you what the income of the property is generating based on its value but that has nothing to do with your rate of return. What numbers you need to look at is and this is the number that that and not a lot of people talk about this but cash on cash because if you finance part of that like you don't pay cash for the building. So let's say it's a million dollar building, right? And most commercial properties like 20 or 30% down, right? Okay. Okay. So if I put 30% down on this property, let's say I'm a new investor, I don't have a whole lot of commercial experience. And the bank's nervous so they want 30%, but they'll loan me the 70. All right? And so that m- my investment is Three hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. It is, but this is where it gets good. So initially, cap rate ten percent, right? But now let's. That's not our return. That's the relationship of the of the income to the value. What is my rate of return if I put in three hundred thousand and I'm getting a hundred thousand a year? One third. Ding ding ding. Thirty
0: three percent.
1: Yes. So, would you invest $300,000 to get a rate of return of 33% a year? Damn straight. All day long. And, and here's where people go wrong in real estate investment. If I could get $100,000 a year for $300,000, why would I put a million into that property to still only get a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Why wouldn't I take the other 7 and go somewhere else and do the same exact thing? Right. This is why you need a real estate professional, like that's an investment professional that understands real estate investing and the velocity of money and the power and momentum you can create. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it in terms of diversification, just like, you know, buying into a bunch of different stocks spreads your risk. Now you're into a bunch of different buildings, same million bucks, but now you've spread it over three or four properties and you're maximizing your rate because you can get 20 or 30% from each property if you do it that way. Because cap rate usually assumes that there's going to be some kind of debt on the property. You know what I mean? You can find out what number you're working with, if you're working with a gross number or a net number in your cap rate. And, uh, and, And so that's kind of like, that's a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's a no brainer.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, The London Bridges, for so you want to go there? Oh, wait a minute. That's not a real estate investment. That's a scam. Yeah. (laughs) That's a different show. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, oh, you know what? Um, Speaking of scams, December is now National Identity Theft Awareness Month. Wow. So, what we need to do now that we're in National Identity Theft Awareness Month, we need to, especially during the holidays, is be hyper-vigilant when it comes to managing our identity. And we'll do a separate show on that um, next week. But yeah. what we need to do is really focus on what's going on and not just look for the big charges on our credit cards, but look for the little ones too. So, that's total bonus not included in the price of today's show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get to the key of this week, shall we? Wouldn't that be fabulous? All right, so that's it for this week's Moolah Word of the Day. You are listening to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Keys to Riches radio listeners by visiting our website at KeysToRiches.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So we are now here on our key. So we are on the precipice of completion. We have two more left. Two, Two to go, yeah. Two to go after today. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, thank you so much for stopping by. We're so glad to have you. The key to riches is a financial philosophy a baker's dozen, if you will, a veritable cornucopia of financial concepts <laughs> that teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. Uh, they also give you specific techniques to create or fix credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time here at Keys to Riches Radio. And uh, De Niro, the Prosperity Poochie just wants to be a part of this show so bad that yeah. he's jumping up on my lap.
0: He wants to be interviewed. Yes. So,
1: But he's just going to say, spend more on treats. That's his budgeting <laughs> yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. Spend more. Spend serious. more on treats. I need more treats. So this week's key is a critical factor key. Okay. Because all of the other ones are tools. But this one is like the oil that keeps the gears flowing smoothly. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you think in terms of a machine, we've been giving you tools and parts and putting it all together, and now we're going to keep it well lubricated. And why why do we need to do that first off? What no, do you, why mean, do you think we need to do that?
0: I mean just like a just like a oiling of, you know, Lubricating a car, you got to keep it running smooth, you know?
1: Yes. Well, but specifically because we're fallible, we're human beings. Yeah. Just like parts on a car wear out and will wear out faster without proper lubrication, so too does our intestinal fortitude. (laughs) So, willpower wanes. Discipline dissipates and it's just a natural human phenomenon. That's why we do uh, a biology-based form of money management here at Keys to Riches Radio as opposed to just your run-of-the-mill money management uh, show because I don't need to tell you to spend less and save more. You already know. You already know and you're not. And why is that? Because your biology is getting in the way because I can't tell you how many people know what to do Better, but don't. If you think about it, eighty-seven percent of millionaires are college graduates, but not all college graduates are millionaires. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that?
0: You know, they they excel in in you know certain learning habits, but uh, they're. Uh, I'm not, you know.
1: Because the biology gets in the way. Yeah. The biology gets in the way. If it was only about knowledge, they would all be rich. Uh oh. We're getting caught. We're hey, getting hung hey, up. Big Z. <laughs> we, we got restless babies today. Yeah,
0: what's going
1: on? Um, they, uh, they obviously don't realize that Santa's watching and yeah. he's taking notes on who's naughty and nice in here. Yeah,
0: there's going to be coal in your stockings, guys. Exactly
1: no lump of bacon, big lump of coal. So as we think about this, the this key is a critical factor key because this is how we stay engaged. If we know in advance we're going to screw up, if we know in advance that we won't be perfect, then we can let ourselves off the hook it is a great place to be in when you know it's okay. If you know in advance that mistakes are going to be made, if you take that into consideration, I mean, half the time when people start businesses, they fail because of lack of planning because they only planned to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't plan for the rough stuff, the bumps along the way, yeah. you know? So what they have to do is focus on what matters and, what matters is progress on the process, okay, and not just perfection of that process. And, and, and here's why. So I'm loaded with analogies because one of these, I figure if I give you enough of them, it'll sink in. So biologically speaking, our survival brain is wired to go toward pleasure and away from pain in this moment, So it is no wonder that in the auspices of fulfilling, avoiding pain and fulfilling pleasure that we're not likely thinking about the future. We're thinking about right now. So if we're busy thinking about right now and we get overwhelmed with some of the hormones our survival brain can dump, we are likely to make a mistake. So taking that into consideration up front helps make all the difference. And so now we're not planning to fail here, uh, but we're planning to have circumstances beyond our control. Things happen, life happens. The death of an income producing spouse or parent, the uh, unexpected pregnancy, the Care of an indigent child. All of a sudden, your kid was clipping along fine, and then now we're having some sort of issues, and and some weird, rare disease crops up that there's not anything that's known to cure it, and you've got medical bills out the wazoo. Plus, somebody has to take off work or has to quit their job entirely. Um, so, you know, if you have indigent parents, Alzheimer's, dementia, you name it. There's so Parkinson's, all kinds of things that can happen, and if they haven't properly planned financially, that burden may fall into your lap. Yep. And then what? So, uh, your goals, I'll tell you what's then what they go out the window. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> that's what happens, and so, uh, but that's not fair to you. Mm -hmm. because you deserve to be financially free now and in the future. And how do we accommodate for that? And that's kind of where um, our hope for the best plan for the worst key is. So we anticipate these scenarios up front and try to create alternative plans for them when we're not emotionally engaged in the situation so we can make the most effective determination as to what course of action. But even with the best of planning, You're going to get caught off guard. If you lose your spouse or significant other, that's going to be tough on you. If you lose them and they were the breadwinner, uh-oh. Double tough. Double tough. Now, not only do you have to grieve the loss of this person and move forward with you and your family, now you have to figure out, how the heck am I going to make money if I haven't worked for the last 15 years?
0: Yeah.
1: What am I going to do? Panic sets in. (laughs) Mistakes will be made. It just happens, you know, even the strongest of us make mistakes from time to time. So, you know, like I said, discipline dissipates, willpower wanes, and before you know it, you make a mistake, you overspend. Or you don't allocate resources properly. you haven't uh, started that emergency fund, and then you have another emergency, or you know you finally paid off your credit cards only to find a reason to max them out again. So things are going to happen. So what we need to do, though, in order to move forward and move on, is to focus on what's important. So if you think about this, if you're walking down the street, and one of my favorite sayings is, what you think about, you bring about. Bring about, not brink. <laughs> We're on the brink. What you think about, you bring about. And if I'm walking forward, all right, and I'm just clipping along, walking down the sidewalk forward, but something catches my attention. Let's say um, there's an open manhole cover, and somebody falls in, and I watch it happen. And I'm walking... And I keep watching it happen. And pretty soon, now, in order for me to stay focused on that tragic event, I have to start turning and then walking backwards so I can focus on it. So I'm still walking, but now what's my focus on? The the catastrophe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what's gonna happen? Cause I'm still walking, I'm still moving. I'm going forward, but I'm turned backwards. you got
0: to bump into something.
1: Exactly. Or I'm going to miss something important that I want to have happen in my life because I'm not paying attention to it. And that's what happens when we make mistakes. When we make mistakes, we focus on the mistake. Depending on our behavior training growing up on how to respond to mistakes, what we watched other people do when they made mistakes, and... And watching them and how they manage the mistake, uh, and whether they were successful or not, in either case, we are going to adopt that as our strategy. Unless we actively work to try to create something different, we adopt that strategy. Mm -hmm. And so, if they focused on their mistakes and beat themselves up or felt guilty or whatever, then likely that's the pattern gets set, and then that's what you do. And, in order for us to move forward and achieve everything we truly desire in life, we have to focus on the future. It's almost like we have to have those chameleon eyes where the eyeballs rotate independently and we want to have one eyeball on the present and we want to have one eyeball on the future. Okay. But we can't do either if we're busy looking over a shoulder at a mistake that we made. So the key with the mistakes is we know we're going to make them. That's a given. So expecting perfection is wrong. Expect successful outcomes. Focus on what you do want. But if something happens and a mistake is made, especially if it's your fault, become mindful. Let's reach to our inner Buddha and we need to look at it objectively and non-judgmentally. And we need to look for the meaning and the message from the mistake and not focus on the mistake. Because part of why we never forget, you know, forgive and forget. Part of why we never forget is because we're fearful that we'll do it again. But if that's what we're focusing on, one hundred percent, it's going to happen again and yeah. again. Yeah. You know. You know. If you date a guy that is not your ideal guy, but you're attracted to him because he's kind of like a rebel or whatever, and 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 you. See, all right, well, this really isn't the life for me. But then you go and you find a guy that has those exact same qualities, hoping he'll be different, but likely he's going to be the same guy, yeah. you know, and then we just keep making these mistakes. We keep going for the bad boy or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and, and we're expecting a different response. And when we focus on our mistakes, we're expecting a different response without focusing on a different stimulus what's stimulating us is the mistake. So the response we're going to get is exactly what we're focusing on. It makes me think of one of my sayings that um, I always find, you know, that I have to whip out with my coaching clients. And that is, if you want to have something different, you must be and do something different. So if you don't want to make the same mistake, don't focus on the mistake. Look at what you did right and figure out what you can do differently to achieve what it is that you truly desire. And that's kind of the point of this week's key is we get hung up on the mistake and we forget about extrapolating the meaning in the message. And that's why we need to channel our inner Buddha because before all of our biology gets out of whack, if we come to a situation or an event or a circumstance from a place of non-judgment, in a place of total acceptance, if you will, accepting what it is for what it is, okay? And so, let's say that you went down into, you know, Mexico for the weekend and everybody wanted to go do one thing and you're like, wow, I don't know if I can afford to rent those quads, but um, somebody else's credit card didn't work because they didn't call their card issuer to say they were leaving the country. (laughs) So their card got declined. And now you're stuck buying everybody's quad. Uh, And you're supposed to be collecting cash from everybody. Oh, I'll get you. I'll hit you up for it, right? And and then they don't. They forget. like cross the border and they're like, what? You didn't rent that quad for me. Yeah. (laughs) And now you're like, oh crap! I overspent. It screws you up, you know. And the message isn't don't help out your friends, but that's like what we focus on, you know. And when we focus on the mistake, you know, and we start throwing down those two words that that are are consistently doomed, never and always. I'll never do that again, or or you know that always happens, always. Except when it doesn't. <laughs> There's exceptions to everything, um, but we focus on like, oh my gosh! So we're not going to travel, or we're not going to do this, or we're not going to do that, and we focus on or harp on this, or we hate the person that d- that did this to us. But we allowed that. We at, at the time right. we could have rented our own quad and said, sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Right. So so it was your act of choice. So you have to accept responsibility for it. Um. But uh, but throwing down these ultimatums to yourself and these edicts so that I will never do this again, ever, blah, blah, blah. And you focus on the bad thing, then you forget actually how much fun it was to be riding those quads, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I did get spanked for the whole bill, but we had a good time anyway. And next time I can say, if you give me the cash, I'll rent your quad. If not, I can't do it. You know, um, you know, or you can say, I'm sorry, I don't have enough room in my limit to rent two quads. You could figure a way out of it. Right. You know what I mean? But you don't have to dwell on it. And you don't have to punish yourself and, and feel guilty for that either. Because that's another thing that we do is is we take guilt or shame with us. And there is a slight difference between guilt and shame. And guilt is I did something bad or wrong. And shame is I am bad. Mm or wrong. And and so but neither are good, but one is more of an extreme. At least with guilt, we can associate it to an event and we just have to let it go. Find out what this message means. Uh, so so if you, if you do this and you make the mistake and you're stuck foot in the bill and you really can't afford to have this big of a credit card bill payment then so the message is all right, don't rent your friend's quads unless they pay you cash for it. But, you know, don't beat yourself up for not evaluating people correctly and you should have never done this and you should be better because I mean, that serves no purpose, you know, because that's not going to help you the next time you have to make that decision. Creating a plan for how you'll handle the situation when it comes up again is what you need to do. And, and we throw down these words, well, I don't have to do that, Heather. I had one, one client tell me, I don't have to do that because I'm never going to do it again until it happened. Two months later, yeah. and they call me up, and they're like, all right, can we go through that forgiveness process again? Because I think I'm dwelling on something, and I'm thinking I'm making the same mistake over and over. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it probably happened more than once, but they only admitted it once it became a cycle instead of addressing it when it first came up. So if you'd like to download the four-step strategy for forgiveness, please visit our website at KeysToRiches.com and be sure to check out the entire Keys to Riches financial philosophy because we do each key once a week, one key at a time, one week at a time here at Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Thanks so much for stopping by and enjoy yourself. Uh, Be safe out there as it is National Identity Theft Awareness Month. And uh, for the maestro of Moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today.
0: UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.